We give you thanks, God, for the sacred story, for your abundant love, for the stories that tell about all that you did in the Bible. Now open to us the message that comes to us from your word and take our thoughts and visions to new heights. Amen. And I'll read some verses at the start of Jeremiah and at the beginning, Jeremiah chapter two. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what wrong did your ancestors find in me that they went far from me and went after worthless things and became worthless themselves? They did not say, where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness, in the land of the deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land where no one passes through, where no one lives. And we come down to the closing uh, verse. But my people have changed their glory for something that does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. And from the gospel according to Luke, Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet, God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying for it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. 
God, give us a, a clear vision of the truth, faith in your power, and confident assurance of your love. Amen. Just a few words at the end of that Jeremiah reading attracted my attention. My people have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. I'm not talking about you as a church at all. I think those words were addressed to society as it was, society in general. And that's what I'm coming around to. And hence the title that I chose. Are we all done with religion? I recently read about a growing conviction that any appeal to the supernatural is unnecessary, inferring that perhaps we've outgrown religion, that it's time to leave out everything that looks like religion, the increasingly empty seats in so many churches would indicate that multitudes of people have given up on religion. Lest you think I'm referring to you, the attendance here is actually better than some that I've seen. It's a general thing that people have drifted away from religion. Religion plays no real part in their lives. The church does not have the importance that it had when many of us were growing up. When in Pentecodiac, we went to church as a family and all the families gathered there in the Baptist church, it was just the thing to do. And the United Church had a good attendance and the Anglicans turned out in great numbers. It was something that went with Sunday. But so many other things now go with Sunday. So, so many have forsaken, as Jeremiah said, the living water. Except perhaps when someone in the family dies, they want to give the loved one a decent burial, or there's a marriage pending, uh, and they want some air of sanctity to surround that marriage. Even though many marriages now take place in hotels or resorts, or on some beach somewhere, that's the name of a place, not the racehorse. Or, or perhaps there's no marriage at all, no ceremony at all, and they're free of all the restrictions, but perhaps deprived of the joys of religion. Many years ago, way back, uh, during the latter days of World War II, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who died a martyr's death at the command of Adolf 
Hitler in 1945, Bonhoeffer wrote, God is being edged out of life. We are proceeding toward a time of no religion at all. Now, I would suggest to you that there are some reasons. Perhaps you might consider good reasons for letting religion, letting the church continue on its downward slide to oblivion, as well as some good reasons for keeping it alive and vital. One reason sometimes given for the abandoning of the church and religion altogether is what religion has done, done a lot of harm. In past centuries, people have been burned at the stake by religion. Protestants as well as Catholics, uh, for them burning at the stake would be a suitable punishment for those who didn't believe. Religion in some of its forms offered humans as sacrifices to the gods. It was religion or the religious authority that muzzled Galileo. Some religions have treated sacred cows like royalty while children were starving. Or we could come closer to the present and mention residential schools. No need for me to go into great detail. You've heard it all of what happened in residential schools. I wonder if you've heard of Magdalene laundries. Now, I don't display any great knowledge. I only heard that term one week ago today on the CBC. There was a discussion on Magdalene laundries. I won't go into details. I'll simply say it was on the CBC last Sunday. If you missed it, punch it in on your iPad and you'll get all the information on this. That was a new term for me, but it was, uh, or it became a, a kind of, of institution and uh, many uh, unfortunate girls suffered greatly in Magdalene laundries. So it's, it's true that religion has caused a, a great deal of harm in the world, perhaps a misinterpretation of religion. Uh, sometimes, and in some places, it has made people arrogant and dogmatic and hostile. That's the downside of the sorry history of religion or the church. But on the other hand, I want you to think now about how religion, how the church has motivated some people to rise above their potential and to uh, do wonderful things in the world. I'm thinking now of uh, 
of a man who crossed every barrier in the name of Christ. And his name, familiar to you, is Jean Vanier. Perhaps you've heard about him. Perhaps it's been spoken about from this pulpit. But I'll mention him again. Vanier, born in Switzerland in 1928, died just last May at the age of 90 in Paris. He was a Canadian Catholic philosopher, theologian, humanitarian. In 1964, he founded L'Arche, and I discovered when I looked it up that that, as you, many of you likely know, is a French word for ark, as in Noah's ark. And he called it L'Arche, L-apostrophe-A-R-C-H-E, an international federation of communities spread over eventually 37 countries for people with uh, <coughs> developmental disabilities and those who assist them. And the secret, I think, that Vanier showed was that he saw depth and beauty in every human being, even those who perhaps weren't as blessed as the rest of us and had these disabilities. He saw something there that was lovable. And he read in one of the Psalms, Psalm 142, I looked upon my right hand and I saw there was no one who would know me. I had no place to flee to and no one cared for my soul. I cried unto you, O Lord, you are my hope and my portion. And so, I say to you gathered here this morning, simply this, keep on, keep on St. Andrew's Church. Don't give up. There are people out there, perhaps even in here with, with nothing going for them except to cry to the Lord, you are my hope and my portion. And listen, hear Jesus saying, do not be afraid, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's a word for you. Right now, a, a church in uh, transition, the easiest thing in the world, personally or as a church, the easiest thing in the world is to pack it in give up, but there's good reason to reconsider when you feel that way. But perhaps if you hear nothing else today, hear this admonition, above all, be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. And if you are, you will be led from wherever you are now, perhaps into greener pastures. You will be led into better times. And so God's blessing rest upon you as you strive in a church to find out the next phase.
Amen.